Alright guys, welcome back to the Mavs Outsider Podcast. This is your host, Dustin, and wanted to do a post-game pod for the game last night against the Denver Nuggets, and it was a win. It was a good win, um, an overtime win against a good team that's struggling. Um, you know, the, the Denver Nuggets, they have had the slow start that the Mavs have had, but uh, I don't think it's for the same reasons, you know, not to... Um, I don't want to talk about Denver too much in this pod, so I'll just do a quick note on them. But I believe they're, uh, the fact that they um, didn't bring back Plumlee or Jeremy Grant affected their uh, defense. And so <clears throat> defensively, the Nuggets just aren't there. And so in steps a Mavericks team that coming off a win for Houston – and they uh, have not won two in a row yet this season. So this was, I feel like, a win, not only because they need to get above 500, but at some point you, you've got to string some wins together. And, you know, the Mavs haven't been able to do that. So um, coming into this game, um, it, I, I, th- I think they really needed to win this. And um, and they did, and it was a gritty game, especially in the beginning, like every game against the Nuggets seems to be. You know, this would be a really fun playoff matchup if it were to ever happen. Kind of reminds me of the uh, back 10 years ago or so, or probably a little less, but when uh, Memphis and Oklahoma City used to meet up in the playoffs, and it was always just... A fight, and it was the best series every time. But the the Nuggets and the Mavs seem to play really good games against each other. They're always competitive. Both teams are really good. Um, so this was this um, this uh, what do you, this was as good as advertised, I guess. And so uh, I guess when we start talking about some of the players in this game, obviously, we can start with Luca because that's the easiest to start with. He was uh, one rebound away from a triple double, and he he almost got it in the end. Um, I believe Maxi took it, and Luca actually got hit in the head. No no foul was called, but as I recall, the the Denver player was trying to get the rebound, and he kind of caught Luca in the head, and uh, Maxi ended up coming down with the rebound. And uh, but Luca, he played 43 minutes. It's a lot of minutes, and I know it's it was an overtime game, but uh, 43 minutes is a lot. I I almost think that even Carlisle was thinking that this was kind of a must-win game. We we've got to get you know some wins put together, and uh, yeah, Luca played 43 minutes. Of course, scored 38 points. Um, 13 assists. Uh, the one thing you could uh, look at, and I'm sure people will tr- point out, are the eight turnovers. I believe uh, five of those were in the first half, and the other three, I think, came in the third quarter, um, and they were traveling calls, which I do know one of them, he did travel, um, 
Another one, I thought it was interesting that they called him on traveling because it's something I see every player do when they catch a pass. And, you know, they kind of take that extra one or two steps. And he did that. And he got called for traveling. And I thought it was kind of funny because I, I see a lot of people do the same thing. And it's, you know, no harm, no foul type thing. But uh, yeah, Luca did hit a couple threes. You know, he was two for seven. It's obviously not great, but... It is an improvement from where he's been to start the season. Um, he was 10 for 15 on his free throws, which, again, is not great. Um, obviously, you'd like to see that closer to the 80s. But uh, he did hit him in the end when they really needed him. So um, The next guy who, who got a lot of minutes was Josh Richardson. And in the first half... Richardson wasn't um he he wasn't very like impactful say on offense I you know he's a Richardson's a good defender and obviously he's tasked him and Dorian Finney-Smith are tasked with covering the best player on the other side so you know a lot of his energy is consumed in defense and so I tend to not get too caught up in the numbers that he puts up on offense. Um, I know he's going to have to be a contributor for this team to be successful. Um, but, you know, he had 14 points, and I think the majority came in the second half because the first half, I felt all the Mavs struggled. You know, they didn't even have, they were down nine, and they had, their score was in the 40s. So there weren't, there wasn't a lot of scoring at all with any of the Mavs players. So um, it was interesting to see, though, Richardson out there for so long. And uh, Dorian Finney-Smith was the other one that, you know, he was third in minutes for this team. And and he scored 14 points as well, which, you know, is great. He was uh, is four for eight in his three-point shooting, which, you know, you'll take all day long. 50% is, you know... It's fantastic and when it comes to three points shooting. So um, he had eight rebounds as well. Luca, once again, basically led or tied the team in rebounds with nine. But it was good seeing other guys. You know, there were no double digit rebounders on this team last night, but there were a lot of other guys that got rebounds. You know, for as a team, you know, they had 44. And uh, Denver had 47, so even though they did lose the rebound battle, it's not, you know, they weren't doubled up. You know, if you're going to lose a rebound battle, you you lose it by three, right? That's not, I don't think that'll make or break your game if it's, you know, give or take, you know, a handful of rebounds. So it was good to see, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith get a lot of rebounds as well as the uh, the guy who who got the fourth most minutes for the Mavs, which is Maxi, and I gotta say, man, Maxi had eight rebounds and was three for five on his three point shooting, and I think I believe all three makes were basically at the end of the game. I mean, the fourth quarter, and Maxi was incredible. I you know because Maxi's not a uh, What's the term? He's not a uh, 
when his, his defense doesn't um, excite, like he doesn't have any exciting defensive plays, right? You're not going to see any big blocks from Maxi that go in the crowd, or he's not just going to one on one a guy and steal the ball. I mean, Maxi plays all NBA defense level defense, and I know it's probably a, a homerish thing to say, but Maxi's defense is so great. And um, I like to see him getting a lot of minutes. I, I don't know, um, looking back on his short career in the league, I know he came in at such an older age, like around 25. I, I know that one of the things they wanted to do when he was younger was keep his minutes down because uh, at a younger age, that was one of the things that held him back from the NBA was his injuries. And so I didn't think they wanted him to be a 30 to 35-minute player. So obviously being an overtime game, and if he were you know played the whole overtime, you're going to add five minutes. So if this were a regular you know 48-minute contest, his minutes are probably around 31, which is you know probably closer to where they'd like him to be. Now when Porzingis gets back, you know that number might change. Um, the way that Maxi and another guy who I'm going to talk about here in a minute, Willie Colley-Stein, the way they're playing and playing together and the defense that they're playing together, um, I, I feel like they're going to both get, both guys, even when Porzingis comes back, they're going to be able to give the same impact, but not have to play so many minutes, you know? Um, Willie Colley-Stein played 26 minutes, which doesn't sound like a lot. I think he was in a little bit of foul trouble in the beginning, but in the second half was where they really needed him, and he was able to play really good defense on Jokic. And, you know, Jokic is a fantastic post player and, and player altogether. And all you can do is just... Uh, when when he's posting you up, you just you hope for the best. And I, I thought Willie Colley Stein did a great job last night. Um, in the past, we've other than Boban, this team has seems like it's always had a tough time covering Jokic. And I think one of the reasons Boban does it so well is because you know they're good friends, and you know they played on the national team together and there's probably a lot of practices with those guys. And so they know each other well. And Boban has the body to match up with Jokic. And so who Jokic seems to be in some of the best shape I've seen him. So I, you know, I kind of feel bad for their team being so bad because, you know, Jokic is finally in shape and they don't have the defense to stay in these games. But, uh, I thought Willie Colley-Stein did great last night. Um, you know, one of the one of the things that I think is going to happen is when Porzingis does get back is I feel like it'll be Powell's minutes that will continue to decline. You know, Powell only paid, played 10 minutes last night. And I, right now, with him coming back from an Achilles injury, I, I think that's about right. You know, he wasn't terrible. Um, you know, I'm I'm not gonna 
I'm not going to sit here and bag on pal. I'm not going to, you know, that's not what I'm going to do. But I, one thing I did like was the fact that he was out there with the, you know, the backups, you know, uh, Denver doesn't have, and most teams, they don't have backup bigs, you know, a lot of teams, there's some teams that do, you know, but most teams, they don't use really backup bigs. And I think at one point, um, what's his name, Jamichael Green or something, he was playing the five, and Powell was out there against him. And so I'm fine with that. I, I can live with Powell working his way back, covering Jamichael Green. So I, I just, you know, I was I was glad to see him not spending too many minutes covering Jokic because that's one thing I, I feel like Powell struggled with in the past is covering Jokic. So obviously, you know, Boban's minutes will probably take a hit as well. I, I think Boban at this point is, you know, giving you a few more minutes than usual because of Porzingis' injuries, but he's also one of those niche players that he will probably come in when the matchup is right, like when you're playing Denver and you need somebody to cover Boban or cover Jokic. So, um, but I, I do, you know, obviously Maxi's minutes might come down a bit, which will be good, obviously, for his health. And um, Dwight Powell may see a few minutes, which, you know, he was two for two last night. He three for three on his free throws. But, you know, he, he didn't get a rebound in the 10 minutes he played. And so that's kind of one of those things that, I think was a problem to start the season is that, you know, Powell to begin with has never been a really good rebounder and then coming off a major injury, you know, was really hampering his ability to rebound. So, um, James Johnson played a little over nine minutes. His first half was very questionable. Um, you know, you, he's just one of those players that, you know, he gets out there, and um, you're excited to see him out there because, you know, he is a veteran, he, he is a good player, and kind of, you see him kind of play like he did in the first half, and you're like, what is he doing out there? And you're just like, well, you got to get him out of there. But then, you know, the second half rolled around, and I, I thought James Johnson was great in the second half. And he was a big part of them coming back from the deficit they did start the second half with. And, um, you know, he hit a couple shots. He hit a three. He had a layup. And I, I just thought he, he did really well. And it's it seems to be that way. It's funny. It's kind of, you have some guys have good first halves, and you have a, some guys have good second halves. And I'm just waiting for the game to where they all put it together to have two you know, maybe that Clippers game was the game that, you know, you could say they everybody had good halves. But uh, it seems like every player's kind of up and down on each half. But the second half is where James Johnson really contributed. And it was good to see him out there um, playing. And uh, Now, Hardaway Jr., he, he played 24 minutes. 
Um, you know, one reason, one thing, you know, I do like Hardaway, and I like him on this team, and, you know, I know he's not exactly excited about coming off the bench, but, you know, he, I think coming off the bench is better for this team. Um, I think he would, I think this team lacks bench scoring, and I think he's perfect for that role. Now, he didn't really have a great shooting night last night. Um, he only had 11 points, and he was 3 for 8 on his threes, but that's kind of how Tim Hardaway is. Um, since he's been in the Mavs, I, I guess, you know, that um, won't count the that trade year that he was here for half a season, but, you know, last year he had more games where his three-point – I felt like he had more games where his three-point percentage was better. Because, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. will go out and be 0 for 11 on threes. You know, that's not something that's shocking. Because that's, he can, he is a streaky shooter like that. But I feel like he has more games where he's hitting than he than he has when he's not. And last night he wasn't exactly hitting. And I feel like that's why he played fewer minutes. Um, but like I said, I, I do like him coming off the bench because... I, I, you know, I sometimes when you have too many scores in your starting rotation, there, there's, a, you know, there's only one ball, and you don't have enough scoring to go around, and you don't have enough coming off your bench, and all of a sudden, you know, your your starters are you're relying on your starters to um, win the game for you. Obviously, that's you know what you want, but you do need some bench contribution, and I. You know, Burke has been okay. You know, he was out sick, so I'm not sure what kind of sickness that was. But, you know, Burke is very streaky. You know, Burke can have a game where he scores 30, but then he'll have five or six more where it'll be closer to 10. And that's why he's, you know, kind of been the journeyman he has been. So, um, Brunson played last night 18 minutes. He was okay. Um, Brunson can be frustrating for me. I don't know if anybody else feels that way, but uh, Brunson is a little frustrating for me. Uh, I think sometimes he tries to do a little much, and he gets himself into trouble, and he turns it over. And sometimes he, you know, like last night, he only had three assists, and he had two turnovers, and. You know, I I know he's the backup point guard, but I feel like if you know if you're running the second unit, you you got to come up with a little more than three assists. But you know that's that's another topic, another day. But uh, it was good to see Josh Green got some playing time. He didn't do a lot. He his only stat is one rebound and one foul. So. Um, not a lot to go there. Uh, not a lot to look at there. Uh, it would be nice to see a little more Josh Green um, and Wes Wandu. I know. I, f- I feel like the coach probably doesn't think they're ready to contribute, but I'm hoping as the season progresses, you do get a few more minutes from those guys. I, I don't want this to be a situation where you're kind of you're playing a eight nine-man lineup every night and you're wearing your guys down and then the playoffs roll around and your guys are all worn out 
and I, you know, I'd like to see some of the young guys out there get some run. And I feel like in order for that to happen, the the Mavs are going to have to, you know, be better, start games better, you know, get leads. You know, I don't think Green or Wandu is going to play if they're behind. And I feel like those are guys that are going to come in and play if the Mavs are winning. And so, anyhow, like I said, it was a good win. Um, next game is uh, Orlando, I believe, um, on Saturday, tomorrow. I'm making this on uh, Thursday. I didn't, although I stayed up late for the game, I, or I'm making this on Friday. I didn't, I stayed up late for the game, but, uh, you know, I wasn't one of the brave that um, stayed up to do a post-game pod. I thought I would put one together the next day, so this is Friday, the day after. So tomorrow is uh, against Orlando. Um, Orlando does play today in Houston. So they will be on a back-to-back, which might be you know helpful for Dallas. Who knows? Orlando is does have a strong start to the season. Um, one of the reasons they have a strong or had a strong start or are having a strong start is I feel like Markel Foltz was having a breakout year, but Foltz um, the other day in their game tore his ACL, which was unfortunate because um, I'm one of those guys. I, I don't like to see you know draft busts. I don't like guys to have that label. I don't know. Foltz kind of had that label for a while. And I thought this year he was playing to the level of, you know, maybe not a number one pick, you know, whatever that's supposed to be. But he was playing really good basketball. And it was the best basketball he had played since he's been in the league. And I I hated seeing him um, leave the game with a torn ACL. You know, he's going to join Jonathan Isaac now with, you know, missing the rest of the season, who is another guy who, you know, people talk about him. And, you know, I I know there's always, whenever they play Orlando, you know, Jonathan Isaac, when he's out there, he plays so hard and he's he's so good. And um, I remember last year when they played Orlando once, Isaac covered Porzingis and he did a fantastic job. And he was so great in that game. And everybody was just drooling over, you know, Jonathan Isaac. How do we get Jonathan Isaac? But... Man, I tell you, that is one guy you think Porzingis is hurt all the time. Jonathan Isaac just cannot stay on the court. And I hate to see it because he is such a talented player. But he just cannot stay healthy. And uh, so now Orlando's without Fultz, who, like I said, is a big part of what they do. They're without Isaac. Um. I think I do believe they went on to win that game, even though Fultz left the game, because they still have Vooch, Vucevic, or whatever, who is just a consistent player. You know, he he doesn't do anything flashy, and he's probably not going to hang fifty on you, but he's going to get his numbers, and he's going to do it with consistency, and he's a really talented player. And obviously, that's another guy some people in the Mavs wanted. 
Um, I'm not sure how well he would have worked out with Porzingis, you know, both of them out there. That's a, you know, I I, I don't know how that would work. But uh, Aaron Gordon is another guy they have who is obviously another guy who people when they when they do their trades every team should do or whatever it seems like people are always trying to trade Aaron Gordon or Zach Levine to the Mavs and you know Aaron Gordon he actually has a friendly contract it's it's probably fits his production especially in today's league I know it can sound like a lot but you know the salary cap is so high you know even average players are making you know Powell makes 10 million a year you know so I I believe Gordon is making around 16 or something which isn't a lot considering I, I think he's a a talented guy. Um, I I think Gordon on the Mavericks would be an upgrade. Um, obviously, he'd probably take the minutes of somebody like James Johnson, but um, I would love to see Aaron Gordon on this team. I, I just, out of all the guys, when when everybody's doing trades, teams should do. I, I just think Aaron Gordon would fit this team better than any of them. You know, I do like Zach Levine, but I think he needs the ball to be more effective. And I, I, I'd rather see Luca have the ball, and I think Aaron Gordon can play the style of basketball that we like to play. And I think he could do it. Um, I think his his offense, obviously, I think might be a little better than Maxie's. Obviously, his defense isn't. But I think the way the Mavs play team defense, um, I think Aaron Gordon would fit perfect on this team. Uh, I, I don't know if it'll ever happen. I don't know if Orlando's ever interested in shopping him or when his contract's up or, you know, I, I believe you could probably... You know, I haven't pulled out the trade machine, but you could probably trade Johnson for Gordon straight up based on what Johnson makes and Aaron Gordon makes. And it's not like I'm trying to get rid of James Johnson. You know, like I said, I I like him being on this team. I just, you know, I, I really think Aaron Gordon really fits what we want to do, and I, I think he could be that third guy. But, uh, you know, we'll see him tomorrow night. Um, they got a couple other player uh, players that, really play hard. Um, one of the things Orlando's been doing the last few years, um, the way they've snuck in the playoffs, is they really play hard defense. You know, they play hard for their coach. I, the, You know, the talent level has always been a little down. Obviously, you don't want your starting point guard to be um, the guy that it was. I, his name's, uh, I think he's in Boston now. Name slipped my mind. He's the guy who used to play in Texas for Texas, but he was their starting point guard for a while, and I just I don't think he was a starter. You know, like I said, Jonathan Isaac's always out, but you know their backup center Birch, he's really good. I <laughs> I'm curious to see what how Dwight Powell matches up against him because he he's a, that's another guy I'd love to see on this team, Birch. Uh, I don't see how somebody's not overpaid him a little just to bring him in because I, I really like him. And Ross, who always seems to be part of trade rumors because, man, he can fill up a, a stat sheet. He can score. 
And I really like him, and he's just kind of a guy who's always under the radar, but who seems to always put up a lot of points. So I think they will have their handful with the good Orlando team who plays hard, they play good defense, and if they can, you know, if the Mavs can shoot well, obviously they can win, but that's kind of with everybody, but hopefully they can, their shooting can pick up now that, you know, they're getting a little long more into the season. We're getting closer to game 10. So, you know, I guess tomorrow is game 10, but uh, I, I, I hope Dallas can pull that one off. Um, I think the one after that's New Orleans, and then some people believe the game after that Porzingis might play. Um, I could imagine them keeping Porzingis out of that New Orleans game. Uh, I guess you don't want his first game to come back, him having a matchup against Steven Adams and Zion. It's kind of not the matchup you at least want to start his season off with. So hopefully the game after that is where we see him. But uh, yeah, I think that's all for uh, today's pod. I uh, will probably do one. Uh, after tomorrow's game, um, maybe um, after the game, if it starts early enough, uh, being a Saturday night, I you know I don't work weekends or anything. So, but if you want to reach me on Twitter, I'm at the Mavs Outsider. Um, if you want to subscribe or comment or rate my podcasts. Um, wherever it is you get your podcasts, if you could please do that. And until next time, we'll see you then. Later.